from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Now more than ever, credit unions must invest and engage in their people. I'm Ron Jose, a senior editor with CUNA News. In this podcast, our latest in a series focusing on service culture, We explore how investing in your employees' development can benefit the long-term future of your organization. Jane Hitman, National Program Manager for Creating Member Loyalty, or CML, a development strategy program from CUNA focused on increasing employee engagement and member experience, says she's never worked with an organization that wasn't focused on increasing employee engagement and decreasing turnover. When companies invest in their employees, It shows that those companies believe employees can add value to the organization in the future with increased knowledge and experience. Paul Robert, CEO of FI Strategies, a strategic partner of CML, says that credit unions can invest in their talent and make a commitment to employees that is reflected in the culture of the organization. Perhaps most importantly, investing in employee development plays a critical role in identifying emerging leaders within an organization. In this interview, Jane and Paul break down all the ways employee development returns value to an organization and engages employees to serve members more meaningfully. In our previous discussions, we've talked extensively about culture, member service, strategy, and the important role that your people at the credit union help in being successful in each one of those areas. Today, we're going to take it one step further and talk specifically about investing in your people, what that means, how top-performing credit unions do it, and what a difference it can make. So, Paul, when we talk about investing in your people or employee development, are we talking about training or is that something different? That's a good distinction to make, Ron. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think it's very important to differentiate or or define those two. Employee development can mean a lot of different things. I think for the purpose of this conversation, the difference is when we talk about training, we're talking about skills that people need to do their job day in and day out. It's what they get at the beginning of their uh, job and it's ongoing, it's retraining later on. And those are very specific to their roles, okay? Employee development, on the other hand, is the knowledge, the skills, the behaviors that everybody needs to take their performance to the next level. It could be in your current role, or it could be preparing for the next role, or it could be something that's a little bit more uh, holistic, like maybe teamwork or leadership or mentoring. It applies to everyone. When we say employee development, we're not just talking about that training that you get at the very beginning of your job or even the ongoing training. We're talking about something that applies to everyone from the execs all the way down throughout the organization. Why is it so important? I'll say strictly from a business standpoint, I think credit unions need a differentiator. There's so many financial institutions out there, so many choices for consumers that I think we need a differentiator and your people can be your differentiator. Everybody's got the same products and services and generally speaking, rates are always about the same. What's going to make you different? 
your people are going to make you different. It is and it always will be a people business, I think. Consumers stick with a financial institution for two reasons, two primary reasons. Number one, the products and services are still meeting their needs. And number two, they're being treated well and they're being taken care of. Well, that comes back to your people. Your people have to be the ones that deliver on that. Study after study shows that consumers want the human touch. They want to be treated well by their financial institution. It doesn't matter what delivery channel we're talking about. Consumers still want that human touch. Let me give you an example. We've worked a fair amount recently with a handful of credit unions who have been opening new branches. Okay, so these may be brand new branches that they build from scratch, or it may be a retrofit of an existing branch. But nonetheless, it's a new branch, typically with that open design where there's no teller line and so forth. The credit unions that invested in their employees prior to opening that branch have seen a much greater increase in their deposits, in their loan business and maybe most importantly, in their member satisfaction. And what that tells me is that by them investing in those employees and giving them the skills and the behaviors and ultimately the confidence to perform in that environment, that's what's made the difference. The people make the difference. I believe, Ron, that um, everybody's going to be investing in new products, new markets, new branches, as I just said, maybe it's new core systems or whatever. I believe your investment in in employee development is as important as all those other investments that credit unions are going to be making going forward. And, you know, I think it's simple, and I don't mean simple in making it happen, but simple in the why investing in people is a motivator for them. So investing time and money in your team obviously shows them that you care. But I think even beyond that, it shows that you see them in your future. And once we can help people see that we see them in the future, they can start seeing themselves in our future as well. Thus, cutting down on turnover and retaining our top performers. So in a recent article by Harvard Business Review, they pointed out that when people believe their company cares about them as a person, not a position or not what they can accomplish in their day, their engagement levels increase, their performance soar, and turnover overall decreases. So I laughingly say I haven't talked to a credit union and well, as long as I can remember, that isn't focused on increasing engagement, performance, and decreasing turnover. So that's a win there. So how do we achieve that? I mean, what do we invest in? Let's unpack this. What are the elements of investing in your people? I think number one is to be very intentional and thoughtful about your plan, about thinking about how do we make this happen? But I think we can gain early excitement and engagement from our teams. Well, if we engage with them and Paul and I are big proponents of focus groups and there's no better way to gather information than, well, to ask the people. So, you know, have your staff come together in small groups and have a set of really high impactful questions that will help you gain information. And, you know, just for a couple of them, like what areas would you like to have continued development in? What could make this a better place to work? 
Where can we offer things that would help you in your career? Be creative. Questions are limitless, really. But at the end of the day, what it allows us to do is one, show our employees that we value their opinions, which, you know, that's priceless. But we also know what they want. So we don't have to get together with a group of leaders and go, well, I think this is what they want. Or, you know, I was at a conference and somebody said this was good. No, we know what our people want. So that's where we can spend our time and money. But secondly, I'll say that we do have to budget for it. It will cost money and it will take time. So we need to, before we make any announcements that we're going to focus on ongoing development or invest in our people, we need to have the money already put aside to do it. So once we talk about it, we can make it happen. I agree with Jane 100% on the personal aspect of it. Make it personal. I, I love the focus group idea. I love having that open communication with employees. I mean, why try to build an employee development program, assuming what they need or guessing at what they need, ask them what they need and make it personal that way. I would also add that, and this is consistent with that open communication, it needs to be evolving because people change, their needs change, circumstances change, opportunities change, and you need to adjust to those. And that means sometimes giving our people new and different skills in order to capitalize on those opportunities. So whether you deliver it differently or you are willing to to change the content or, or the focus, you know, a lot of training recently has been around teamwork and empathy and personal motivation and so forth. But I think you have to be willing and able to change your employee development efforts along with it and as the business continues to evolve. You know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, if my boss sat down today and asked me, what could I provide? I might think it's one thing and it might ultimately be something different. Or as I progress in one area, that might change other areas that I want to develop in. So I'm going to add to intentional and thoughtful. I'm going to add flexible. We need to be flexible in our plans, not rooted in them. In one of our past podcasts, we talked about attracting and retaining top talent. Do we have any idea of what top talent is looking for in a new job? What are new employees looking for as far as development? Well, we have some news like hot off the press. It just came out of a Harvard Business Review. The number one thing that top talent are asking in their interviews is, do you offer a coaching and mentoring program? I feel like I need to talk about coaching and mentoring some more because it's such a passion of mine. But I think sometimes we're missing the boat. Top talent, and I think we mentioned this before, they're searching your websites before they ever apply for your job. If they see there's an opening, they're going to look at your website. They're going to get to know your organization. And if in that or in the process of applying for the job online, if they don't see something about coaching and mentoring they might not even be applying for the job. So we may be missing out on some of the top talent based on simply coaching and mentoring. If you don't offer that, if your credit union doesn't offer that to them, somebody else will, right? (laughs) That's for sure, because there are companies that are nimble and they're changing regularly. So the joke is, and I know you've probably said this things, that Gen Y starts on Monday and by Thursday, they're looking for their promotion. 
And Paul and I have worked extensively with the Gen Y, kind of my favorite generation. And I, again, joke about them. But what I found is that it's not necessarily they're looking for a promotion. They're looking for knowledge. They're looking for additional information. And they want to know that there's an opportunity for development. Coaching, and again, if you've heard me speak, you've heard me say this. Coaching, I believe, is a gift that we get to give somebody. And my definition of mentoring is it's really an honor to share our knowledge and history with another person. Kind of the downfall is that in many organizations, we pick our coaches and our mentors based on their title. Okay, your supervisor or your manager gets to be your coach or mentor. And many times, that's just not the best choice for a coach or a mentor. They may be great at doing tasks, but they're not people-oriented. So I just think we need to be really pointed. And again, I'll use the word intentional about who are our coaches and mentors And I think back to, man, when I started in credit union land, I didn't start here as a career. I started here as I needed a job. I wanted to change. This is where I came. However, one of the most impactful mentors of my life was a teller that stood right next to me, pointing out things that I did really well and things I didn't know about myself and really mentored me in honing those things. So if we're more intentional about who are our coaches and our mentors, we're going to be much more successful with that as well. I think Those people, because they do it naturally, can do it in half the time as somebody who's struggling to put together a coaching session and then coach someone. So I think, again, if top talent is something we want to retain and we're going to spend money investing them, then let's really focus on getting out of the box when we think about coaching and mentoring. Ron, I'll bring it back to the retaining top talent or investing in in your top talent. 64% of employees say they've got one foot out the door, and 23% of those blame their immediate supervisor. And largely, it's because they don't show them the appreciation or the respect that they think they deserve. Right or wrong, that's what they're saying, right? So I think when we talk about employee development, to Jane's point, we need to focus squarely on leadership, because that's where you're also going to get a multiplying effect, We've been doing a lot over the last couple of years with an emerging leaders program, working with credit unions to invest in their future leaders. And it's real interesting that the participants tell us afterwards, not just that it has an impact on them, but the fact that they've been able to take it back to their departments and it's had an impact on the 10 or 12 people that they interact with on a regular basis. So investing in that leadership will not only help you retain your top talent, but it'll have a multiplying effect across the entire organization as well. Now, employee development sounds like a big undertaking, and Jane uses the word intentional. Another word that could be used is that it takes a commitment. And you talk about the Emerging Leaders Program. That's a good example. So what might that look like? Well, I guess the first thing that I would say, Jane's right about it needs to be intentional and and so forth, but I would also caution everybody to keep it simple. The client that I was talking about earlier that opened new branches, the development that they provided was all around the fundamental skills and behaviors. It, It wasn't anything real complicated or sophisticated. We were talking about things like courtesy and awareness and empathy and 
genuinely caring about the member and, and about each other. You know, those are just common people skills. So I would advise people that when they're looking to invest in employee development, start with those people skills and you're going to conquer a huge chunk of it right off the bat by focusing on on people skills. And then the others can come later, but don't overlook those basic fundamental skills that employees need in order to be successful. I love the keep it simple because that couldn't be more on target. Just really focused on what people need. And, you know, I work with a lot of credit unions on establishing their new hire orientation or their onboarding program, whatever we want to call it. And what I hear from credit unions really is about, you know, how quickly can we teach them our system and a policy or a procedure? And what I hear from the new hires is more around, I want to feel connected. I want to understand the values of this organization. I want to know where I fit, and I'll use the term emotionally, and where sometimes employers are looking for how quickly can I get somebody's butt in a seat at their work. Staff really wants to have comfort, and they want to feel confident that they fit in to the new organization. And I believe when they feel that they fit in, that we do see them being more competent in their work as well. We know they'll be more confident, but I think there's a lot to be said about those simple skills of fitting in and being intentional, I'm using the word again, about helping them understand your values, your commitment, your member base, all of that kind of thing. And again, thinking about retention, I was working with a credit union in January of this year, which seems like 100 years ago, and we were working on taking their three-day new hire orientation and making it a 12 to 18 month individual development plan. So big change for these people. And it really put together a great plan. So I talked to them a couple of weeks ago. Obviously in March, COVID happened and the world changed. But even to this day, one of the things they've experienced from making that change was less turnover in their new hires. And I don't know, that always strikes me as being so interesting that credit unions have such high turnover in their new hires, but I hear it often. If we spend time helping them fit and see their future, then they'll make a commitment to us as well. So Ron, yeah, to a certain degree, this is a big undertaking, but man, in my heart of hearts, it's worth every bit of it. What are some other considerations when you think about investing in your people? Well, Paul and I are big fans of best places to work because we just feel, again, you, you can get a lot of great information about what employees are saying about their employer and why they stick around and why they perform at such high rates. So in reviewing this year's, and it was extensive, there were a lot of credit unions and a lot of categories, and two things really stuck out to me personally. One was the social aspect and the things they listed. And the other was around benefits. And the benefits I'm going to identify look very different than probably the benefits we would traditionally consider. So I'll start with the social. What we saw was that credit unions were being very intentional about planning social interactions that staff could have, that many of them included their families, if it was nights and weekends, but to a certain degree, it included the community as well. And I think that's really powerful. I guess it was back in May, I did a webinar around what are the 18 fun ideas for keeping staff engaged in a remote world. 
And I keep getting comments all the time. Hey, we tried that. It really worked well. And I think that goes to the point of that social. We crave the social connection. So one credit union had a movie night where they set up a giant screen in their parking lot. This is pre-COVID. I guess it could work during COVID too. But they invited the whole community. Watch a free movie and be around other people. Food truck Fridays. I would love this. So they invite various food trucks to come to their parking lot on certain Fridays, and it's open to anybody who wants to come and have lunch there. Celebrations for certain achievements and milestones where they really highlight what is the milestone, what is the achievement we're celebrating, and by the way, we get to eat pizza. Hey, Jane, we need a treadmill day to go along with. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come to that. That's in the benefit category. Hang on. (laughs) So, One credit union celebrates cookie day and they just happen to have a member who has a bakery locally that is one of their members. So they highlight the business as well as cookie day and who doesn't want a free cookie when they go to the credit union. A lot of things around dress up, like dressing up with your local teams to support them, investing in a local charity of some sort and wearing their logo or whatever. One of them I thought was, you know, everybody's got to bring your kid to work day, but this credit union did bring your dog to work day. One of them has an ugly sweater. Well, several of them actually had an ugly sweater contest. One of them offered, which this is really heartfelt, an employee make-a-wish program where they had an opportunity to nominate an employee to receive some sort of wish. And the ones that I was reading about were really, you know, they had a a special needs child, or their spouse was out of work and they were going to miss a holiday. So they wanted to to provide a meal for them. Those are the ones that really get me going. And again, I have to say, everything we talked about was engaging at multiple levels. So it wasn't just engaging with employees. It was engaging with the community and your members as well. Flipping to the, the benefit side of it, The number one thing that we saw consistently throughout the best places to work was personal development opportunities. That's kind of what we're talking about here today. The second was leadership development. These credit unions that are doing this are coming in at best places to work, and people are noting that. They're saying, this is the reason I stay. This is what motivates me. Yeah, those are great ideas. I would tag on that it might seem like a lot of work to make that happen, but Get your employees involved in it. Be transparent with them, top up, top down. Just be getting ideas around what the employees want, what they need in this regard. The organizations that I know that have had great employee engagement, they've had great retention, especially of those top performers, they've developed their leaders, they do a solid, consistent job of communicating. Things like you know, just as simple, Jane, is why are we doing this? You know, yeah. what, what's our why? Uh, what are we trying to get out of it? Asking, what do you need to do this better? Being open to new and different ideas about, you know, efficiency or, or changing the way that we've been doing things. Understanding and, and being empathetic about what others are going through. Again, it, it takes some effort. You got to manage the process. To use your word, if I can, you got to be intentional about it. But you got to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no magic wand. You can't just say, we're going to have a great engaged employee culture and employee development program. It takes a lot of work and resources, but you got to do it if you want to be successful. 
Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.